Today is Tuesday, February 14th. The title for our devotional is The Problem in Corinth. In light of the context that we saw yesterday, the Corinthian church was facing a major problem. They likely weren't even aware of it or how severe it was. Remember, the social strata were ingrained in the culture in which they lived. Yet, this presented a major problem to the fledgling Jesus community. The kingdom of God was to be different. The church was to bring everyone from every social strata into Christ, unity in Christ. They were to be united in him. The church at Corinth was not united, and their gatherings represented these former divisions, not their newfound unity and identity in Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 17-22 reads, In the following directives I have no price for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. You can hear it in the words and in his tone of the words that Paul's livid. His anger is directed at their treatment of those who have nothing, as he says in verse 22. Remember from yesterday, they would get together later in the day on Sunday to share a meal together. This is where they would practice the Lord's Supper. The poor members of the church would have to work all day and wouldn't be able to arrive till later. When they would arrive, it seems as if the wealthier members of the church were already feasting, drinking, and having themselves a great time. So much so that there was nothing left for the poor members to eat. This is humiliating to those who have nothing. They're reminded of their social status and they're hungry. So they show up with little to nothing to eat, while everyone else is stuffed and drunk. Whereas this practice was common in the culture of the Greco-Roman world, it was not fit for this newfound community of Christ. This practice certainly destroyed the unity of the church and reinforced the social strata that the church was meant to break down. It seems to me that we similarly exist in a culture that has already formed us in ways antithetical to the kingdom community of Christ. Our values of freedom and hyper-individualism have left us unwilling to give up our rights and benefits for the sake of others in a community. By and large, those in the evangelical church value our rights to individual expression far more than we value the unity of our faith community. This is not the way of Jesus. This was formed in us by the culture, not by Christ. This was again evidenced in the divisions that we experienced in the COVID era, and even our vast denominational differences. Paul is so appalled by their practice that he says it doesn't even meet the minimum standard of the Lord's Supper. He knows what the Lord's Supper is, he'll explain it in the next few verses, and this is not it. The divisions reflected in their practices of the Lord's Supper are so contrary to the true nature of the meal that it can't even be considered the same thing. We'll get into this in a couple of days. Verse 19 is likely a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but given the problems that the church was dealing with, it most likely expresses the reality of the church situation. It is, of course, not the ideal. As a reminder, verse 19 is, No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. There were people in the church who were likely not in Christ and caused some serious controversies, like the guy in chapter 5 who was sleeping with his stepmom. That was a form of sexual expression that wasn't even accepted among the secular culture of the Greco-Roman world. 
So, with this statement, Paul is not so subtly reminding them to examine themselves to see if they are in the faith, as 2 Corinthians 13.5 tells us. Those who see the truth of this teaching will soften their hearts and give up their privileges to bring unity to the church. We'll talk about that tomorrow. These are the ones who demonstrate God's approval and favor upon them. For reflection time today, I invite you to just reflect on your church experience. How have you witnessed disunity in the church? What was the source of it? Did it get resolved in an unhealthy or a healthy way? Do you have any hurts from previous church experiences that you need to work through? If so, I'd encourage you to reach out to me or reach out to a counselor to work through some of these church hurts. Next, how have you experienced the goodness of unity within the church? Think about the peace and joy and community when the church is united around the common sharing of the Spirit and Christ himself. Finally today, reflect on some of your preformed values of freedom and individualism. How are those antithetical to the way of Jesus? How can you be counterformed into the way of Jesus? What steps do you need to take to undo the formation of the culture and to be formed more closely to the way of Christ?